This is Alejo Stark, co-producer of Rust Belt Abolition Radio. You're tuning in to Michigan's Kinross Prison Strike, Reflections from Inside, an exclusive archive of audio interviews with people currently incarcerated in Michigan who witnessed and lived through the historic September 2016 prison strike. In this segment, we hear the voice of Baba X Guy. Baba X Guy was formerly a leader of the Battle Creek Coalition Against Police Brutality, a liberatory community self-defense formation. A jail rebellion took place after he received conspicuous threats from the KKK in the 1980s which marred his record within the Michigan Department of Corrections and contributed to harsher retaliation against him after last year's uprising. Baba is currently in prison in St. Louis Correctional Facility, where he was transferred after being hit with an incite to riot or strike ticket in the wake of the events of September 2016 at Kinross. We spoke with Baba shortly after he was released from the harsh restriction of administrative segregation, that is, solitary confinement, for nearly one year. Our first interview with him was abruptly cut short by a prison guard without explanation. Baba begins by telling us what the conditions of Kinross were like when the facility reopened in 2015. It was due to the inhumane treatment. That's the main thing, you know what I'm saying? A cheaper word for it, I guess you would call slavery, you know? It was, uh, they uh, packed us up and uh, moved us across the street to a unit. The units over there, there was only built the whole 600 people. And they had us, uh, 1,200 of us over there. Things of birds and ants, you know, and stuff like that was still there. And then the species and everything was still in the air ducts. And uh, as soon as they moved us over there, a lot of people there, about 10 guys went to the hospital within about a week or so because uh, was, the air was so bad. And of course, you know about the food, the history of the food, and the maggots. And, the, and I, me, myself, I started coughing up yellow and black substances out of my lungs and stuff. And I, I had to go around with my nose covered up constantly. Slept with my nose covered up, you understand? They're, this is one of the things, you understand, they changed so many rules. They broke their own rules for one thing. When you're supposed to have a visit, you couldn't sit next to your loved ones. You had to just sit across the table, you understand? Look at your children and everything, your wife and everything from across the table. You, you couldn't no touch it. It was just like being punished from behind a glass window. I mean, imagine your children looking at you, you understand? And they can't go over around the table and say anything to you. Like you, your dad got some kind of disease or something or what? That's the, that's kind of the dehumanizing things that was happening up there. Covert racism. Like pike packing on the ships, slave ships. That's what they call it. Tight packing back there in 1800. They're the same thing. They double, tripled, and quad tripled us up. You understand where we're at? We're tumbling over each other, trying, you know, trying to just get off the bunks. Very bad, you know. Just went off like a, like a fuse, you know. Uh, it exploded, you know, especially when the chance came, came, you know, for September the 9th. And then I can see where the spirits back in September the 9th, back in the Attica prison. I think they were there, you know, because everything just, everything just, just exploded and went off, you know. We had, we, they protested. There was about three or four peaceful protesters before then. And it was in the local newspapers and everything. I guess they covered it up and everything. But everybody was trying to protest and trying to tell the administration that, hey, these conditions are actually killing us. You know what I'm saying? And this, literally, uh, I think there were two protesters before then. You know, where everyone just came out and just stood. April, and then there was another protest about a month or so after we got over there to the, to the so-called new prison. And, uh, you know, I mean, people were actually literally going to the hospital, you know, and breathing the bad air, eating the bad food, and we're stacked up over each other. And I don't think too much of the condition has changed. You go to the doctor, a lot of the doctors, I mean, like this one doctor, Dr. Ranta, he was telling me, hey, you can't send these guys back because they're sick. And when they, when they, when the inmates, when they came to the hospital, it was very bad, you know, saying as far as, you know, they send the inmates back, you understand, back, back to the premises. They just, you know, give them false diagnosis and they kept continuing on. 
So some of those guys out there could hardly walk, but they walked around and demonstrated as best as they could, you understand, due to the conditions and situation that was going on. It was so packed, and I mean, everything was so bad. The air was so bad. The food was so bad. And the, the attitudes of the inhumane attitudes of the COs, the administration was uncompromised. They sent uh, black reps up to talk to the people about the conditions, and they talked to the people about the conditions. The next thing you know, they come in the middle of the night, and they send them, they chain the black reps up and send them off. You know what I'm saying? They disappeared. You see? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing a, a radio interview. I'm sorry. Uh, no, just see, that's what I'm saying. The time is just running out on us right now, you see. So I've got to hang up. Police are there, they're there, you know, I've got to hang up. But... Thank you for using GTL. Lafayette, good day. This is Bob the X guy. Oh, I had to get off the phone. They only allow so many minutes on the phone up here. So, you know, when you go, when you do something like this and you stand up for something like this, you will get that, you know, you get the harassment, you get all that to go with. I lost, uh, they took 1,532 days of good time from me. That's five years. And doing all this, the, you know, shuffling us around, I lost so many belongings and clothes, shoes, appliances, you know. And the guys, they're always trying to provoke you or something, you know. I paid $175 to be heard for a rehearing in Lansing. And uh, they said I was two days late. So I never was allowed to defend myself for this charge. And they finally sent me to Oaks, Oaks facility. I lost 63 pounds in about six, seven months. And I know, I know it had something to do with stress living without, you know, the heat for months. They wouldn't turn the heat on for months. You know, we had to work out to stay warm down there. And we had to receive, I uh, had to wait what, for two weeks, three weeks to receive a coat, something that I was supposed to have, you know, by law, which kept me from going outside to the cage for my one hour, you know, out of every two or three days a week to work out, you know what I'm saying, to get outside, because we locked up for another 23 hours out of the day. You're not allowed enough to eat, to time to eat or finish your food, and if you take too long, you'll be punished by losing your cage time outside. You're allowed about 8 to 10 minutes showers twice a week, you know, and you're allowed to wear only a towel wrapped around your body as you, as you are being led like a dog with a belly chain. And a guy behind you holding the dog chain on a leash, going down the hallway like that. Then when you write a grievance somehow, you get dis you get disappeared just for bed space to get to another place. <laughs> After many concerning letters from you all, I think they finally sent me to St. Louis prison, where I was supposed to go to GP with general population. But upon arrival, some mysterious lieutenant told them about an incident that happened. 21 years ago, in Charlotte County Jail, where I received three letters from the Ku Klux Klan saying they were going to be sitting in my jury waiting for me to give me 30 or 50 years and threatening my life. And, uh, threatening my life behind bars. I sent a notarized letter to the Attorney General to no avail. I didn't get an answer from him. Anyway, I showed the racist letters to the other inmates in the, uh, the jail. And after reading the letters, they decided not to lock up in protest. Because guards could have used the NOI notice of intent to see what I wanted to do about the, uh, the racist letters. But that time, the letters had been, had done their work. You understand? Because um, one of the coalition members, I'm the president of the coalition and police brutality and racism, one of the members there got so scared that when they would just, they would see the same kind of threat, you know, three of them, in fact. And uh, they turned and 
I mean, they turned the so scared, they turned the point of your line and testifying against us, the rest of the coalition members. I formed the coalition in police brutality and racism back in the early 80s after a seven-year-old boy named Walter McCrave's eyes were shot out by the racist brutal cops down down the creek. The two cops, Jeffrey Showdice and Bruce Harvey, they got caught tossing explosives at my house, and they actually admitted on the stand that they did it for the morale of the uh, police department. I sued the city for $40,000, and they settled. Anyway, so much of that story, that gave the, the ROMs a, a chance, to, instead of putting me in general for that population, they put me in this grad program, a semi-segregation program, of which I can, which I had visits and limited phone calls. I'm now finally out of that after 90-day program, which I did 100 days, and I can at least talk to you all and thank you all for your support from all over the world. It means a lot to me. Thanks for listening. You can hear more voices from this report by visiting michiganabolition.org. This collection of interviews was produced by Rustbelt Abolition Radio with the help of MAPS. Michigan Abolition and Prisoner Solidarity. Original music by Bad Infinity.